this idea. And we read that they were assembled together with them, and uh, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so this morning I want to talk to you about the, the blessing that comes from waiting, the blessing of waiting. And so would you, would you pray with me? Gracious Father, we're thankful, Lord, that we could come together to this amazing place, dear Lord, permeating with your presence. And we come with an expectation, and with that, Lord, there's a, a waiting. And we begin to understand that waiting is certainly a, a part, dear Lord Jesus, of your plan for our life. But it's good that we, that we know more about that, Lord, that we can use this time, Lord, for your purpose. And, and we'll give you, Lord, all the praise for what you reveal in your word. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Um, we find that uh, we're all waiting for, for things. Uh, it might surprise you basically how much we do wait. Typically, uh, we find ourselves, when we go to a doctor's office, you're going to be waiting about, there's been a, a study of this, about 32 minutes. And uh, as a matter of fact, if you were going to be going to the airport, and there were some people that had a hard time getting here, and, uh, but if they were going through security, that they would typically, they would take about 28 minutes to go through that. And uh, actually, we wait. As I was coming here, I began to realize I'm, I'm stopping on the way, and I'm waiting because the light is red. If only we realize how much time we spend. The normal lifetime, there's 122 days. That's about four months where we are waiting for the light to change. Isn't that remarkable? Who likes to wait? You know, I, I hate waiting for anything. I get upset when I have to wait in a fast food line for the meal that I know is going to take less time than if I had to prepare it myself. And while most of us in a hurry, I find that God's never in a hurry. God just is not, you know. And and while we are always rushing, that's that's not in God's portfolio. That's not something that is in His character at all. We make plans, as a matter of fact, and we have ideas of what plans are supposed to be like. There's this acronym that they use, SMART, and so they start with S, which is a, a specific plan, and it ends with T for time. We want them to, to end at a certain time, but I find that God seems to ignore my schedule all the time. Yeah. Mary and Martha, I mean, they, they were very quick, you know, to, to send word to Jesus because their brother had taken ill, very ill, Lazarus, and, and Jesus just was not in a hurry. In fact, to them, when he arrived, you're late. That's what they said. They said, had you been here, the outcome would be entirely different. But, but, but we waited, and we waited too long. That's what they thought. And, and so I want you to know, when, when God wants us to wait, there's a reason for it. When we find ourselves with a promise that God has given to us and we're not receiving it, I want you to know that there's a, there's a reason for that. And oftentimes, that waiting that we go through is a, it's a tool. It, 
it actually it serves a purpose. And the purpose is it helps to develop us. So we find that God has just, you know, has caused people to wait. There's this litany of people that we can read about. If we look at their lives in hindsight, we understand the purpose. But I promise you, they didn't understand the purpose while they're going through it. When I think about Joseph, you know, his dreams, you know, and he, he just waited and he waited and he, he waited for them to be fulfilled. Israel, generation after generation, waiting to be delivered from Egypt, waiting. David, after he'd been anointed by Samuel to become the king, what did he do? He had to, he had to wait for that to happen. The Jews returning from Babylon, you know. And, and I want you to know that 70 years they waited to be able to come back from that, that expersion. And, and those are just to name a few. And I will tell you that as they went through that, they did not understand why. So are you waiting for something today? Maybe if you're waiting for, for a healing in your life, or maybe you're waiting for some, some deliverance from something that just seems to have a hold of you and plague you, Maybe you're waiting for a relationship, an important, a valuable relationship to be restored in your life. Maybe, maybe there's a family member that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for them to come to an altar, for them to come to know Jesus Christ, for them to experience salvation. I imagine there are members here today that they're waiting for somebody that they invited the church to accept that invitation to be able to come here. I... I I can imagine if, if you've been in a relationship with Jesus Christ at all, for any time at all, that there are promises that have been made to you by him and have yet to be fulfilled. And, and I want you to know that if you're not waiting for something right now, you will. It could be for, it could be for days or it could be for weeks or months or it could be years. And sometimes it seems like a lifetime. It seems so long. But I want you to know that God sees time different than we do. I was sitting in a church pew and the announcement came that is that Anne is getting sicker and sicker and now it's going to only be a matter of days unless God steps in and she's going to be gone. Moment, just a moment, I, I began to imagine a little bit, wait a minute, in a matter of days, but, but in, in God's economy, you know, where a, a thousand days, a thousand years are as a day, and today is a thousand years, that, that, that days that they're talking about for Anne was a, a millisecond to God. And I got to thinking a little bit about my life and your life, and that is for us really, what is it in God's economy? It would probably be, it would be minutes, wouldn't it? Whatever the time, I find that God just views it so differently. And so in our text, we find that God told his followers that they would have to wait, but they'd have to wait for a promise. A promise. We like the word promise, don't we? I promise you. Generally, when there's a promise, it's something that's, that's good to come. But do you know what a promise means? A promise means you're going to have to wait. A promise is always about something yet to come. And so at times I find that, that waiting, the waiting that we do, that it has to do with circumstances. Uh, it has to do with uh, 
the timing of something. It has to be just right. And so the disciples, they would go, and they would go to Jerusalem, and they would wait there. They were promised something. They were promised this power that would come upon their lives. But they would have to wait. They'd have to wait until, well, it was a uh, feast of Pentecost. I didn't know what they were waiting for, but God was waiting for that to come. It just, it fit. It fit with the types and the patterns of the feasts in the Old Testament. In addition to that, Jerusalem would be teeming, filled with people. And so the timing, timing can be everything. But there are times when it's not about those kinds of circumstances. It's not about specific holidays or days to come, but it has more to do with with us, that the waiting actually is because of us. It, it serves a purpose in our life, and while we are waiting, something is happening. Something that God intends, something God plans for is happening, and, and, and the wait itself ends up, it ends up helping us because, well, for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is because we can learn some things while we're waiting. There's, a, there's this education that we get. It's, the, it's a school, so to speak, a, of waiting. And so I just want to talk a few things about a few things that we can learn through this waiting process. And one of the things that we can learn is we can learn, you can trust God's promises. You can trust them. And we think about promises in the Word of God we give something in our church away to guests that are coming in. It's a little book of promises, what it is. And, and there are thousands of them, and, and they're for everybody. Everybody can benefit from those particular promises. But then there are, are promises that are made just to us, us alone, specifically to us. Listen, listen to something that, that Peter wrote. He said this. He said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Now, we think he's slow. He's not slow. He's not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. And I'm going to stop right there. Uh, first of all, let me explain the context. And that is this, that, that he's talking about his promised return. This is what this is speaking of. And so, Peter precedes these verses, and he precedes by saying that there's going to be some that, that they're going to be saying, where is the promise of his coming? And he tells us who is saying that. And the one that's saying that are scoffers in the last days. Scoffers. You could say scoffers today. And the irony is the reason for God's delay is for people just like them. Because he doesn't want anybody to be lost. He delays because of the consequence of unbelief. In fact, the continuation of that, of that verse 9, he says, he said, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anybody to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. His, his, waiting, his waiting speaks to his mercy. Think about that. Maybe you think, you know, that God, he, it's in God's nature that he enjoys waiting, that God likes to wait. Maybe they have, have us just experience going through all of this agonizing sometimes. 
to receive what it is that God wants to do for us. And I want you to know that God wants to make good on His promises, and He wants to make good on His promises now. He does. In Judges, we find that Israel had this relationship with God that was kind of on again and off again. <laughs> and so they would follow after other gods from time to time, and when they did, they would suffer the oppression of the surrounding nations around them. And then in verse 10, we, Israel got to this place where you might say there was just desperation. And so we read, but the Israelites said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do with us whatever you think, but please rescue us now. And they got rid of their foreign gods among them and served the Lord. And then it says this, and he could bear Israel's misery no longer. God couldn't stand it. God wanted to be able to give them what it is they'd been waiting for. He couldn't stand waiting to help, couldn't stand waiting to deliver them. So God, he wants to bless you. He wants to meet every need in your life. So if you're waiting, I want you to know that there's a, there's a, there's a reason for the waiting. When the timing is right, God's going he's going to keep his promise. There's no question about that. Listen to what the apostle Paul wrote. He said this. He said, but when the fullness of time had come, he's writing to the Galatians, and he's talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, but there had to be this fullness of time. Was, was the coming of Jesus Christ, would it have been important 100 years or 200 years or 400 or 500 years earlier? Yes. When the fullness of time came, God sent, sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. God, God always acts at, at the right time. You know, we learn to trust in God's promises and uh, the timing of those promises. There's something else that we, that we learn, and this is so important to know. This is maybe the, the, the most critical thing that we need to learn, and we need to learn at this while we're waiting that God is with us. I need God all the time, but boy, when I'm waiting for something, it seems like I need Him more than ever. In Romans 8 and 25, we read, He said, But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us. Now, I want to stop right there. We're waiting. We need to be patient and confident that we're going to see this thing happen in our lives. But the Holy Spirit is helping us in the meantime. And I want to finish this verse in just a little bit, but I want to point out that, that the Holy Spirit becomes a supernatural help to us. I, I know some of you have probably have been around long enough to an old, an old song taken from Isaiah 40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. That was way too high key. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now listen. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, this is supernatural help. You know, when God gives us His Spirit, God gives us fruit. And, and in that fruit, part of that fruit is, 
is long-suffering or a patience. God will never ask you to do anything that you cannot do with his help. And that includes waiting. See, see God's, God's power is made, it's made perfect in our weakness. In other words, his strength will complete us. It will provide what we cannot provide for ourselves. It will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Don't say that you can't wait. Don't say it. You can do all things, the Word of God tells us, through Christ who gives us the strength. And so he gives us not just power to wait, but I'll tell you what he gives us. He gives us provision. I love this this principle of, of daily provision where Jesus is telling his disciples how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. And uh, the reality is, is he's giving us enough to take us through the day. We don't particularly feel comfortable with that. I don't know about you, but I, I like the idea of having a cupboard full. Don't you? I like to know there's food there for tomorrow. That's, that's not the way that God operates, you see. God says, I'll take care of today, and I'll take care of tomorrow the same way. It's going to be like manna. You can trust me for this. And so we learn that we're not alone. We learn that, that God is with us to help us and provide for us, and we can make it. Even while we're waiting, that, that there's this strength that we can have. There's a third thing that we learn from waiting, and that's that God's plans are far better than ours. Way better than ours. Our plans are, are to be happy. As soon as possible. As a matter of fact, now would be perfect, right? Sure, but, but you know something? That kind of planning, you know, the planning that you get everything right now, I find that generally doesn't last. There's an expression that says, easy come. Doesn't last very long. And so oftentimes I find those kinds of plans, the plans that make us feel really good right now, that they end up turning into sorrow. And Diane and I have lived long enough to have been married and started life together without credit cards. Yes, they did not have credit cards back then. And so if we didn't have the cash, we just didn't buy anything. Now, now we don't have to wait at all. We've got a credit card. We can just go and we can get something right now and pay for it, something we really can't afford sometimes. Make the payments on it with interest, by the way. And so... so how many are paying this, this premium for things that they don't even have anymore? That's right. They, they're still paying for things that broke, paying for things that wore out, that have gone out of style. No, your, your plans need to include God's plans because God's provision is just so much better. It's just so much greater. And it's always free. What does he give us? He gives us joy. He gives us peace. I remember Lenny Smith came to our church one evening. He's, a, he's in Antigua, and he, he wore a T-shirt as he was speaking to us. And the T-shirt said, do you want a miracle? So he's talking about their method of reaching souls in Antigua is to wear these T-shirts out in public. And so people would come up to them and respond to the T-shirt. And, and I thought, well, that's Antigua, you know. So we went out to a restaurant afterwards. In fact, it was a Perkins, and the young man came up to us, and he's 19 years old. And he said, I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't even be waiting on this table. He said, that's not my normal job, but the the girl that works here didn't show up, so I'm doing this, so be a little patient with me. And as he's talking to us, he looks at Lenny, and he looks at the shirt, and he says, I want a miracle. 
Then he said, what kind of miracle do you want? What does a 19-year-old kid want? Stop to think about this. I want a girlfriend. I want more money. I want a good job. Certainly not this job. You know? And he said this, without any hesitation, I want peace. I want peace. <laughs> and so and his righteousness is something that we receive. And there's, he paid the price for that. That, that, that's, that comes free. So those are promises that we don't have to buy. That is providing we are willing to wait for them. With his plans, everything works out well. You know this verse. That verse that says that we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. God goes on to say, by the way, after he says that in Romans 8 and 28, he said that we are predestined for things as his children. In other words, that he has predetermined that we would be heirs. But predetermining and predestining means one thing for us. There's a waiting that's going to be involved in this. Dad, we have to wait for them. His plans are are just, you know, are so amazing. They're they're not short-term pleasures, though. They're for the long-term good for each and every one of us. And so his plans are, are so much better than our own. And finally, the last thing that we learn is this, is we learn, about, we learn about idols in our lives. Idols. Idols are anything that take priority over God. And if we can't wait many times for God's plan or God's purpose in our life, then that is more important than him or his kingdom. You know, it could be a person or it could be a thing that we're waiting for in our life. It can be actual or imagined. It can be dreamed or it can be something or someone that's real. And there's nothing wrong with desiring a relationship. And that's, that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with wanting some comfort conveniences in life. But when waiting for them causes us to be discouraged, causes us to be depressed or frustrated, or causes us to be angry, then then what they're doing is they are annulling God's joy in our life. If you're willing to compromise your commitment to God rather than wait, it is, it's an idol in your life. So, so waiting, think about this, uh, waiting, I'm waiting for something. Waiting can be so valuable to us. Don't ever think about waiting as wasting time. Don't think of it that way. There are things that we can do when we wait. And there's a lot of things that we can do, but I'm just going to finish by talking about one thing. I want to talk about the most important thing that we can do when we're waiting. And the disciples already showed us what it was. We read in Acts where they returned from the Mount of Olives, and it says in that 14th verse of the first chapter, and they continued with one accord in prayer. And in supplication, what were they doing while they were waiting? <laughs> they, were, they were praying. Now, Jesus didn't say, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to pray. He didn't say that. Actually, you know, he used the word, I want you to go. And he said, and he used this word in Luke, by the way, and the word was tarry. <laughs> and, and because we always think of Prayer meetings being tarry meetings, and we, we confuse. It's not really what the word means. It doesn't mean to pray. 
You know, the word tarry actually means sit down. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, I want you to go and I just want you to sit there and wait. And they did because the Holy Ghost fell on them when they were, when they were sitting down. There's no better way to wait than to pray. I will tell you, any negative feelings, and I mentioned some of them, and that is frustration or discouragement, you know, all, all of those things associated with waiting, they're, they're reduced when we pray. In fact, they will vanish when we pray. The truth be known, God's purpose, God's purpose is conditioned upon prayer. It's kind of a unique revelation, and that is that, that when God wants to do something, even fulfill a promise, even fulfill a promise, he wants us to pray for it. And we, we see this truth in Ezekiel. We find that Israel, of course, they were exiled in Babylon. And that time was winding down. And I want, I want you to remember now that this is something that was told before it happened. It was prophesied that they would actually be in exile for 70 years. And so now they're coming to the end of the 70 years. Everything was ready. For the fulfillment of that prophecy, they would no longer have to wait. And then Ezekiel, and he writes something so interesting. He said, this is what the sovereign God says. He said, when I cleanse you from your sins, I will bring people to live in your cities. And the ruins will be rebuilt. And he goes, he goes on to say, he said, your fields will become like gardens. And your, your cities will have strong walls. He said, because I promised this. And God is true to his promises. But then he says in verse 37, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am ready to hear Israel's prayers for these things. Wait a minute. They were promised. Wouldn't they have happened if there was no prayer? He said, I'm, I'm ready to grant them their requests. So even when something's promised, God says, I want you to ask me for it. Let me say this. There's no greater compliment that you can pay to God than to believe him, than trust him. See, his, his gracious purposes are always going to be conditioned upon prayer. For God to guarantee, for God to guarantee the outcome, he must also control the details that produce the outcome. The time spent in prayer by the disciples was as much a part of God's plan as Pentecost itself. Earlier, I, I read something, and I want to read it again, and I want, to, I want to continue the verse. I read from Romans 5 and 25, and if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently, and the Holy Spirit helps us. And I talked about the Holy Spirit with us doing supernatural things in our lives, but now I want to finish this particular verse. Because it tells us how the Holy Spirit helps us. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. For the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't even know sometimes what to ask for. We don't know how even to ask for it. But then we have this helper. We have the, this Holy Spirit. It provides what we need. We don't even know what to pray many times. 
I have a uncle. <clears throat> he was uh, in the Korean War, and he was, he was captured. Now, nobody knew it happened to him. He was, to our family, he was an MIA. That's all. We knew nothing. Missing in action. Days had turned into weeks, and we, we heard nothing about this at all. Now, my grandma, who has her, his mother, is on my mother's side. And she just believed that the Lord would take care of her. My grandmother on my father's side was a spirit-filled believer. And uh, she was walking in the middle of the night and, did, and prayed for John. Didn't know what to pray. The only thing that she could do is she could pray in the spirit. The only thing that she could do is pray in this, in this language that God gave her to pray. Because she did not know what to pray. And she, she called my grandma Vincer the next morning. She got up and she said, John's alive. She said, how do you know? God wouldn't have me pray for a dead man. Two years later, he was released from the prison war camp. And I remember going down into Milwaukee as a kid, and uh, the Amtrak brought all the soldiers home, brought him home. And he stepped out of the train and began talking to him a little bit about what had happened. He described the, the situation where there was a hand grenade that was actually thrown into a troop carrier, and there were several people in it, and they were all killed with one exception. It was him. He's the only one that survived. However, he had shrapnel that gotten into his arm, and so he went to a camp, and uh, and all of a sudden, his arm began to swell and change colors. Gangrene was setting in. Mind you, North Korea didn't have enough medicine for their own soldiers. And a nurse came by, and she looked at it and gave him the very scarce penicillin that no doubt saved his arm and possibly saved his life. And as he was talking about that, they said, when did that happen? And he described the exact moment my grandma Tamil had gotten up in the middle of the night and began to pray. I've talked about waiting now, and uh, I want you to know that waiting is a, is a big part of our lives, a big part of, of our Christian life. But the same token, I want you to know that there are some things, some things that we just do not have to wait for. And this is the beauty of this walk. This is the beauty of this way. See, I don't have to wait, and you don't have to wait to give your life to Jesus Christ. That's, that, that is entirely a decision that's up to us at this moment. Do I want to be a Christ follower? Do I want him to be Lord of my life? You know, you don't have to wait to make a turn in your life. You don't have to wait to repent. You don't have to wait, you know, to change the direction that your life is going. And you could do it in an instant, and you could do it now. You don't have to wait for that. You don't have to wait for his forgiveness. He loves you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've done it. It does not matter. You do not have to wait for him to forgive you. Let me say this. There's really no waiting to be his child. That's right. You can experience new birth. You can experience new birth today. You don't have to wait 
to have his name called over you in baptism, to receive that name and become his son or his daughter. You don't have to wait to have your sins washed away. The Ethiopian, you know, he, he, he read those verses and he heard what Philip had to say and he comes across water and says, here's water. What's to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip said this, maybe only your unbelief. If you believe, all you need to do is believe. And so if you believe, there's, there's no waiting that's necessary whatsoever. You don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit either. You don't have to wait for that. But they waited. Now, they waited for Pentecost. Pentecost is a long time past now. And so we find today is the day of salvation. The Word of God says you do not have to wait to be saved or feel saved. (laughs) That's not something that you need to wait for at all. Would you stand with me? So Dave Gazetta's mom was in her 80s, and she was really on her deathbed. And, uh, and she'd wanted the Holy Spirit. In fact, she'd wanted it for a long time. My father came to see her in the hospital room. There she was laying there, and he walked into the door. She said, Brother Tamil, why hasn't God given me the Holy Ghost? And my father said, wrong question. The question is, why haven't you received it? You're waiting for God to fill you, and God wants to fill you right now. See, you determine when that's going to happen. And so she put up her hands in that hospice bed, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost right that moment. That's, all you need to do if you have something that you're waiting for is just ask Him. This is a bit of waiting time, isn't it? You know, I think every one of us are waiting for something. And some of those things, God just wants us to take a little time and ask him. And there are some things that we can just make a decision for ourselves and we don't have to wait any longer. The kingdom of God isn't meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You want joy? You can have that today. You want peace in your life as that young man? You can have that today. You want righteousness? Beyond everything made right in your life, you don't have to wait any longer. You can have that today. And so I'm going to open this altar. It certainly is the tradition of this church and our church at home, and I'm certain in Illinois, for people to just come and take a little time to talk to God about what they've heard. And this is the perfect time to come and talk to Him about what maybe you're waiting for. Would you come? And don't wait. (laughs) Come right now. Take some time and talk to Him. If you want His Spirit in your life, this is a great time to receive that. If you've not yet been baptized and had your sins washed away, this is a great time to do that. Would you come and just take some time to talk to Him? There's not a mountain too tall There's not a problem so small that Jesus can't resolve.